There's three teams that came out of the box and crushed it in the NFL draft this year. And we're talking about them because why? Not only did they crush the NFL draft, it means they're going to be in the playoffs this year. Three teams that were not in the playoffs last year go into the playoffs in 2020. Those three teams begin with the Cleveland Browns. Why did the Cleveland Browns crush it this year in the NFL draft, Matt? Yeah, it's just, you know, we talked about all the needs they had. We talked about them before. They need an offensive tackle to protect Baker Mayfield. They got it with one of the best offensive tackles in this class. They needed a top safety. They got that. They needed defensive help on the line. They got that too. And really, it seems crazy to say, but a team that last appeared in the playoffs in 2002 and last won a playoff game when I was one in 1994 I believe we could be talking about a playoff team and a playoff winning team in 2020 with the Cleveland Browns. Hey, welcome to NFL Reckless Speculation. It's your good friend. It's your pal. It's your compadre. It's TC, everybody. How you doing? Joining me, as always, on the big show is one of the lead editors at SportsNotA.com, and that is Mr. Matt Johnson. You can find him on the Twitter at MattJ underscore sports. And then, of course, on Sports Not, that's sports as in sports and not as in juggernaut, N-A-U-T. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here because you laid it out that the Browns really haven't done jack shit, pardon my French, in the last 25 years. Why is this year going to be any different? Because every year people say, oh, this is the year the Browns are going to make the playoffs. They're back. They've got Mayfield. They've got Menzel. They've got Brian Hoyer. They've got uh, a long line of crappy quarterbacks. Why is this year the year? Because I don't know. Most people are going to be like, no, it ain't going to happen. It's it's it, it, Well, eventually it's going to happen, but why this year? I mean... Yeah, you know, it's fair because, I mean, listen, Cleveland Browns last year at this time, people were talking about them being a potential dark horse Super Bowl contender, and they fell quite short of that. And I think if we go back to what happened last season, Baker Mayfield really struggled. He was under pressure a lot. And Odell Beckham Jr. was playing through a sports hernia injury the entire season. So he didn't, he wasn't his normal explosive self. And that really hurt this team. Also, you had Miles Garrett deciding he wants to hit someone in the head with his helmet. That derailed the progress this team was making. Just when it seemed like they were finally getting back on track, all of that got thrown out the window. But now everything's coming back together. They made improvements to the offensive line with Jedrick Wills, the 10th overall pick who's going to move to left tackle, can be a big-time pass protector for them. They signed Jack Conklin at right tackle. He's going to be a huge help. Hey, let me Grand ask Del- you. Let me let me yeah. ask you about Will uh, Wills. Mm-hmm. Is it Willis or Wills? It's Willis, right? Wills. Wills. Okay, Wills. So I was right initially. Okay. So when 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 Jerick uh, Jedrick uh, came off the board, a lot of people, at least on the NFL Network and the ESPN, were like, eh, "He's like the fourth best offensive tackle." Did Cleveland make a mistake there in the long line of Cleveland mistakes? You know, I don't think they they did. And I think one reason I understand the reservation people had about Wills is Cleveland's plan, because he was a right tackle at Alabama. And normally you stick those guys on the right side because, listen, the transition, 
I can say this is someone who played even high school football. It is not an easy transition. So asking a guy to do that is a challenge. But we also have to remember, you know who volunteered to help Wills make that transition? One of the greatest offensive tackles ever, Joe Thomas. And if you can have that guy in your corner helping you, I think you can make that transition to left tackle. All right, good enough. Now, granted, I realize that the experts, quote-unquote, are usually wrong. So in this case, hopefully for Browns fans, the experts are indeed wrong, and Wills becomes the best offensive tackle out of the draft class. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Grant Delpit. Uh, Well, three safeties, no, two safeties had gone off the board. Xavier McKinney, who was my number one safety, Kyle Duggar went to the Patriots, kind of out of the blue on that one, but Belichick is, you know, he's the uh, he's uh, Emperor Palpatine, you know, he's he's working stuff in the background that nobody knows about, so who knows, that guy may be the best player. <laughs> Kyle Duggar will probably end up being the best player since Ed Reed, as far as the safeties go. And then uh, Grant Deplet, uh, Delpit went uh, just before uh, my guy, Ant- Antoine Winfield Jr., who I really love. Um, why was Delpit the? Uh, why was Delpit a good pick there? I like him as well, out of LSU. And maybe I'm being a little bit of a homer with uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Talk to me about that. First of all, I don't think you're being a homer on Antoine Winfield Jr. I think that's a great pickup by the Bucks. But in terms of Delpit, this is a guy who a year ago was being talked about as a top ten pick. He dealt with injuries. He really had some issues tackling guys. It was a noticeable problem this past season. But he's also a guy who plays through pain. He's shown a lot of toughness. He offers versatility. He can drop back in coverage. He'll be at free safety for Cleveland. He'll be able to roam that secondary. And is he is he going to be an all-pro safety? No, he's not. He's not going to be that big-time playmaker, but he's versatile. And keep in mind, he's joining the secondary with Denzel Ward at cornerback and Greedy Williams. Two very good cornerbacks, one of them Greedy Williams, LSU guys, so they'll have that familiarity there. So it's just when you put all those pieces together, I think it's really good secondary, and they'll be able to complement each other really well. And getting Delpit at the 44th overall pick, I mean, like I said, he was a potential top 10 pick a year ago. So while he did fall for good reasons, getting him in that spot was great value. Final question on the Browns. Who's the one player they got uh, after the second round that you're really excited about who could make an impact, kind of that sensational rookie type of talent that could really help the Browns make the playoffs this year. Well, not help the Browns make the playoffs because they are going to make the playoffs. We have spoken it into existence. Get your playoff tickets, Browns fans. Exactly. Yeah, I would say that guy is Jordan Elliott. He's someone who really, he didn't get a lot of attention. I don't know why coming out of the SEC, those guys usually do, but he's a really good athlete. And I tell you, he was probably one of the best defensive linemen in the SEC this past year, just in terms of creating pressure on the passer. And edge rushers, we always talk about them, how important they are, are great. But if you can take that opposing quarterback off his mark and force him to roll out, nine times out of ten, that pressure can be even more important and more disruptive than stuff coming off the edge. So a guy like Jordan Elliott can be a rotational guy immediately going in passing situations. I think he's the type of person and player could take this defense to the next level and become a playoff defense. There you go. Our first team uh, on the board going to make the playoffs in 2020 is the Cleveland Browns. Coming up next, we're talking about 
the Dallas Cowboys. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. Hey, if you're digging on the show and you like the cut of our jib, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. NFL Reckless Speculation is the name of the show. You can also find us on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, and am I forgetting anybody? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, there's Alexa, but she's listening to me right now, so I need to be careful uh, so I don't say her name too loudly. All right. I think it's, in my mind, it's a foregone conclusion based on changing the head coach, some of the moves the Cowboys made this offseason. To me, it's a foregone conclusion they're going to make the playoffs. So what was it about the draft that the Cowboys had this year that elevates them to a borderline playoff team into a lock to make the playoffs in 2020, Matt? Yeah, you know, it started with the first round because we talked about on previous podcasts. One thing is that, you know, Cowboys, they could use a cornerback. They could use an edge rusher. But in that first round, I said I would keep an eye on wide receiver because if the right guy falls, adding him to this offense, sure enough, the right guy did fall. C.D. Lamb, my number one receiver in this class. DeAndre Hopkins-like ability. Sure, Dallas already had Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. But you had C.D. Lamb, an explosive playmaker to this offense. You have arguably the best three-receiver set in the NFL instantly. That's going to help Dak Prescott, and that's going to do incredible things for this passing attack. Of course, they also needed help on the defensive side. Second round, Trayvon Diggs, a guy who could have been a first-round pick but fell to the depth of the cornerback class this year. Long, good size, good cover corner, can start immediately for a secondary. It just lost Byron Jones. And also, they added Neville Gallimore. He's not going to be a starter right away because they added Dontari Poe and Gerald McCoy to their defensive line. But he's a guy, if third down McCoy or Poe, both pretty big guys, need a rest. You bring in Gallimore right there, outstanding athlete at 300 pounds. He'll come in, create some pressure on that defensive line. So I just really liked, especially those first three additions from them. Why is CeeDee Lamb better than Henry Ruggs that went number 12 overall to the Las Vegas Raiders since you said you had Lamb as your number one receiver on the board this year? Yeah, you know, I like Ruggs. Obviously, covering college football, we saw him make a lot of big plays. But he's more of a vertical and short area guy. So you can get him off, get it off to him quick or you can throw it to him deep. But Lamb is just, he gets open in so many different ways. It doesn't matter what route it is, whether it's going deep, middle of the field, short, anywhere. He can get open, and once you have that football in his hands, watch out, ladies and gentlemen, because he is going to make big plays happen. 
Yeah. So you think My- Michael Gallup is a is a big time receiver? Oh yeah, I think he is going to become a very good receiver. We saw Pro Bowl caliber ability this past season, and his numbers aren't going to be as great this year because obviously C.D. Lamb's now in town. But I think Michael Gallup is one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. So is Randall Cobb then their number four in your opinion? Cobb, they wanted to bring back, but Houston just massively overpaid him. Oh, he's he's gone now, huh? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's my fault. Well, it's not my fault, technically. It's the DallasCowboys.com website that still lists it Randall is. Cobb as a, as a wide receiver. So, all right. I'd miss that move in the in the offseason. Well, I suppose at least they've got Travis Frederick, right? But I'm bumped, according to the Although Cowboys' say, uh, depth chart. Because, so. you, you know, you talked about late-round guys that they could – they could find you know value there one of the probably what could go down is a steal tyler bites out of wisconsin outstanding center can start immediately he's not great in pass protection but you know that week one replacement for frederick and he's going to open up some holes for ezekiel elliott so these picks helping up passing game helping up the running game overall i didn't expect to say this Jerry Jones, you killed the 2020 NFL draft. I am very impressed. What, what's the deal with Jerry? Was he on a yacht? Is is the rumors true that he was on a yacht? He was on a yacht. He had people holding his phone for him. It was oh quite goodness. the setup. Wow. I know that was kind of one of the one of the things of the draft was uh, Jerry Jones on the yacht, and then the back uh, the, the the house that I think uh, was it Cliff Kingsbury. Was yep. uh, was in in uh, in the Phoenix area, so but yeah, that was uh, that's insane. So I've been on board with the Cowboys being a Super Bowl team even before the draft. I do love Ceedee Lamb. I like him. Yeah, he was probably my he's probably my best receiver. I'm I'm a big Alabama fan, so Rugs and uh, Jerry Judy are like yeah, but on the other side of the spectrum. I've always been of the opinion that wide receivers tend to bust, especially first round first round wide receivers. And there was a lot taken this year. So I'd expect at least three or four of these guys to just bust completely. Why is CeeDee Lamb not going to bust? I think CeeDee Lamb isn't going to bust because he's not a one-trick pony. He's not a guy that relies on one skill, and he's not a guy that doesn't have an elite ability. He just does everything so well, and because he's so explosive with the football in his hands, he's it's what separates him from Jerry Judy is his explosiveness, and what separates him from Henry Ruggs and makes him better is the fact that he's not a one-speed one guy or just does one or two things. He does all of it well. So I think if I was to bet my life savings on one receiver in this class living up to his potential it would be cd lamb all right so we got to talk a little bit just briefly last question on the cowboys because it's in the division the redskins the giants and the eagles which team can cowboys fans look at and say these guys had a crappy draft and we love it and they laugh their asses off about it yeah, you know, it's surprising to say, but I think you'd have to go with the Philadelphia Eagles in that scenario. Wow. I'm I'm someone who I understood the Jalen Hurts pick, but I still wasn't impressed with this draft class. I feel like the opportunity was there 
for them to trade up to the 16th overall pick. They were even in discussions for it. They could have gone and got C.D. Lamb, which, oh my goodness, if you put him in this offense with Carson Wentz, my goodness, it would have been incredible. Instead, they stayed back. You know, Jalen Rager, he's good. He's explosive. You know, his value is probably brought down because TCU had one of the worst quarterbacks in college football. But he's not CeeDee Lamb. He's not Jerry Judy. He's not either of those guys. And, you know, Philadelphia missed out on him. And then for Philadelphia to take a backup quarterback, and yes, he can be a playmaker for them. They'll use him in certain packages. He's not a Taysom Hill-like guy, but he can be a runner, be effective, be a weapon. But he's not going to make enough plays to where you couldn't have used that second-round pick to address your secondary or your defense. All right. Makes sense. Well, there you go, Cowboys fans. You can uh, you can go at the Eagles, and the Eagles are their biggest competition. All right, one team to go. And they're up next. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at, is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Hey, if you want to find out more about the NFL Reckless Speculation podcast, you can check out the website sportsnot.com. That's sports as in sports and not as in N-A-U-T. And you can find the podcast there along with some other podcasts that we're uh, friends with, including what uh, Silver and Black Today, Just Pod Baby, Fireside Giants, and a whole lot more. Very, very nice. And make sure you follow Matt on social media. It's Matt J underscore sports on the Twitter. And you can follow me if you like as well. I would recommend against it. Though the good news is I rarely, if ever, tweet. So I got that going for me. That's Hey TC. Hey as in Hey and T as in Tuesday and C as in Coochie. Tuesday Coochie. That's my new nickname. I love that. Tuesday Coochie. It just has a great ring to it. That's going to be my new gamer tag when I play Madden or Call of Duty or uh, Red Dead Redemption. I'm going to be Tuesday Coochie. There you go. (laughs) Adding it right now. All right. There you go. All right. So John Elway and the Broncos did not make the playoffs last year. But we're saying reckless speculation style the Broncos because of the draft that they have well one of the reasons but let's just call it because of the draft they have they will make the playoffs look out Chiefs look out well nobody's looking out for the Raiders no, never mind on that and look out well Chargers I don't know about that either so but look out Chiefs the Broncos are coming for you why I don't see this as much as the first two teams, so you're going to have to sell me on this one, buddy boy. Why are the Broncos in a position to make the playoffs now because of the draft? I'm happy to sell it. You know, this this idea is going to be feel weird to the Green Bay Packers, but Denver 
actually spent early draft picks to help their quarterback with top receiver talent. It's a novel concept. It's a wild thing to do, but you know, uh, John Elway. That's cold, man. Trying, Taking a shot at the Packers. Wow. I am. John Elway's trying it out. Jerry Judy, my number two receiver in this class, and again, loaded draft class. He'll probably be the wide receiver two this year behind Cortland Sutton, who was phenomenal this past year with a rookie quarterback, which Keep in mind, doing that with a rookie quarterback who's still learning the NFL, that's not easy to do, but Sutton was able to accomplish that. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton together will be an excellent receiver combo. I kind of compare it to the mold of what we saw from Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup this past year. Both were very good receivers, very productive. Both made big plays. So I think we could see that with Denver. And also, I got to give Elway credit. In the second round, he said, you know what? This isn't enough receiver help. I want a guy who just makes plays, a guy who can take the ball in a five-yard pass, turn it into a 75-yard touchdown, and that's K.J. Hamlet. You're going to have to create touches from him, for him. You're going to have to find ways to get him open in space. But if you can do that, he showed this past year, all he needs is a little bit of daylight, and he can go the distance. And as a third receiver for this team, I love what they did. All right, so I'm going to debate you on this still a little bit. In my mind, the reason why the Broncos have won the Super Bowls in the past and made it to the Super Bowls uh, previously is because they had a great game manager in John Elway, though he's he's more than a game manager. That's an insult, and I don't mean it in any kind of derogatory way. And they always had good running backs, good hogs up front, and a good defense. And that high-altitude air of the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, I don't know, big-time wide receivers? Yeah, there's uh, Demarius Thomas, I get it, but are receivers that important in Denver? I don't think they are. You know, it's a fair point, and I'm glad you led into that because that leads to the second thing I love about what the Broncos did. In the third round, because you're talking about that defense, that offensive line winning up front, Lloyd Cushenberry. LSU had the top offensive line college football last year. Cushenberry was at the heart of it. He will be ready to step in week one as a starter. He'll be huge for this offensive line. In the sixth round, Natane Muti. He's a guy didn't get a lot of attention. He failed the sixth round because there are alarming medical concerns about his availability in the years to come, but he can start right away and be solid for this team. So I like what they did with this offensive line. And of course, you mentioned this is also a team that has thrived on defense for years. Head coach Vic Fangio, that is his bread and butter. And while they didn't really address the defense a lot in the draft, let's look at the talent on this team. All pro edge rusher Vaughn Miller. They traded for A.J. Boye, who can be a top corner. He struggled in Jacksonville, but we know nothing ever works out for the Jaguars. Justin Simmons is a star safety. They got hit him with the franchise tag. He'll probably prove to be one of the best safeties in the NFL. Bryce Callahan, slot cornerback who excelled in Chicago before injury sidelined him in 2019. Now healthy, I expect him to return to his top form. Bradley Chubb, former top five pick was really starting to find his form before tearing his ACL early in the year. And they got Jarrell Casey, a star defensive lineman from the Tennessee Titans for a late day three pick. All of that defensive talent 
with Vic Fangio, who's one of the best defensive minds. The reason I'm saying the Denver Broncos fans go out, think about, save that money to get yourself some playoff tickets is because if you put this offense with great receivers, with an improved offensive line, Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon at running back, and then you've got Vic Fangio leading a defense with all this talent. I mean, listen, that division, they, they can't win it because obviously the Kansas City Chiefs are the team to beat, could be uh, defending Super Bowl champions and repeat. But That's Chargers right. aren't that good. Raiders, yeah, there's a wild card spot open in AFC, and the Denver Broncos can easily take it. You know what I love about Lloyd Cushenberry is his name. You know, he you don't know if he's an all-pro center or or your pharmacist. Hey, uh, yeah, so I went and saw my pharmacist, Lloyd Cushenberry, and he gave me a prescription for some hemorrhoids that I'm having. And, you know, it's everything. Cleared right up, so thank you, Lloyd Cushenberry. For... <laughs> Anyways, you gotta, gotta love Cushenberry. And I, I I really liked your political answer on my mile high uh, and the wide receivers because you just blew right past it like a good political operative would uh, do on CNN or Fox or MSNBC and just went into your own little uh, agenda-driven dialogue there. So I congratulate you on just and we're just gonna just leave it there uh we're not gonna even bother going back to it so but yeah you 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 justified it with the defensive moves they've made so all right so of the three teams that we talked about today the browns the cowboys and the broncos which one of them has the best opportunity this year in your mind to make it to the super bowl well wait because I think we're probably going to agree that's the Cowboys, right? Are we going to agree that that's the Cowboys on that question? So I'm going to ask a different question if you feel it's the Cowboys. I strongly feel it's the Cowboys. Okay. So which between the Browns and the Broncos, which team do you think could surprise and make it to the Super Bowl in, well, 2021? Actually, the Super Bowl would be, right? So. Yeah, I would say it would be Cleveland because, listen, for as much as I praise Denver – Drew Locke is still an inexperienced quarterback. He needs. He's going to have that second year. How does he handle it? Where does he struggle? Adjustments will be made by other defenses. But Baker Mayfield, I'm expecting that third-year jump. They have the talent. They have Miles Garrett. They have Denzel Ward. They improved their offensive line significantly this offseason. OBJ, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku. They have so much talent on that team. If Kevin Stefanski can put it together and get everyone to stay in line without, you know, yapping off or without going to the media or hitting someone in the head with their helmet, there is enough talent on this team where I wouldn't be shocked if the Browns could make it to the AFC championship game. And listen, from there, it's all it takes is one game. Four quarters, surprises can happen. There you go. Very nice. This is NFL Reckless Speculation. Find us on Apple Podcast, tell a friend if you enjoyed the show. We'd appreciate it. Uh, and it's TC, everybody, for Mr. Matt Johnson. I'll see you in the emergency room. Smartphones have made it easier than ever to capture the moments that matter most in our lives. But all too often, those memories end up stuck on our devices or in the cloud. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA in our solar-powered facility, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. They also make thoughtful gifts. 
Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 in your cart to get 15% off your order. Focus on moments that matter with Fracture Glass Prints.